chapter twenty two of the splendid outcast by george gibbs this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva mystery the sudden extraordinary turn of events and the inexplicable horror of his brother's death had so bewildered jim horton that he stood awaiting the arrival of the commissaire de police in a kind of stupefaction looking down at the huddled form of the man upon the floor unable to think with any clearness the officer requested him not to move or touch anything and piquette stood beside jim as though to give him courage but the policeman kept an eye on horton and remained by the door watching outside and in as though guarding it against his possible escape horton noticed this but remained immovable aware that the fellow was only doing his duty and that further explanations must await the arrival of the commissaire who had been telephoned for the furniture of the studio each object of which possessed for jim some poignant association seemed strangely familiar yet unreal the chairs the rugs the hangings had suddenly become merely a background for the body lying among them a part of it linked in a horrible conspiracy of silence moira's plain furniture her easel which still bore the placid portrait of the indomitable parisienne who had refused to be a froussard the armchair by the fireplace in which moira had sat the table from which they had supped the lay figure in its old costume felt hat and draperies the couch by the window the brass bowl on the mantel full of moira's brushes all of them spoke so eloquently of her and moira he frowned as he tried to put the pieces of the puzzle together the knife in his brother's side had been intended for him there was no doubt of that and the motive for the crime was obvious quinlevin tricot yes but how his glance passed over the room again and again seeking in vain the answer his guardian had preferred to await the arrival of his superior before examining the kitchenette and bedrooms but with the door locked upon the outside there was no hope that the solution of the mystery would be found there meanwhile jim horton's mind became slowly impregnated with the realization of his own position which must become more dubious when he answered the questions of the commissaire for answer them he must telling the whole of his story if it were necessary without thought of consequences to himself or others the future became at each moment more ominous horrible as the thought was they might even suspect him of this crime and even if he escaped that disaster with the publicity which must follow the provost guard awaited him but at his side was piquette who had seen what he had seen and who knew what he knew and he felt her fingers clasp his with a valiant touch that gave him courage and assurance and in a short while the commissaire entered 
followed by his secretary several agents and newspaper men the commissaire monsieur mathieu was a man of medium height strongly built with small sharp eyes and reddish hair he went about the affair with a business-like mien exchanging a few words with the policeman who had first come glancing quickly at horton piquette and the other witnesses let no one enter the room he said in his sharp staccato when he had selected his witnesses let no one leave it then quickly he questioned horton and piquette as to their visit and the exact circumstances of their discovery of the body horton was at a loss but piquette spoke rapidly and in a few moments had given the commissaire a complete narration of their experiences from the moment they had climbed the stairs to the studio of madame horton you say that you and this monsieur came to this room by appointment to meet madame horton at eight o'clock questioned the commissaire yes monsieur that you came up the stair and as the door was unlocked you entered this room finding it empty yes monsieur and the door to the apartment yonder was locked from this side and the key was in the lock as it is at this moment yes monsieur the rooms beyond then have not yet been entered he asked of the policeman who had come up at the first alarm no monsieur le commissaire bien then we shall enter at once he nodded significantly to the two agents who took their places by jim and piquette and with his secretary and the policeman following him monsieur mathieu unlocked the door into the kitchenette and investigated the kitchen and bedrooms when he reappeared some moments later his face was puzzled but he went to the big studio window and examined the catches these windows you say were also locked he asked of horton suddenly in excellent english they were all of them said horton then you did not know that one of them was open open horton crossed the room eagerly i could have sworn you observe said the frenchman and touching the window it swung open noiselessly that's strange muttered horton i thought the catch was on but even so he added there was no chance for the murderer to have escaped there as you will see monsieur it is a blank wall of full three stories in height the commissaire peered out there was a broad wooden ledge or sill just outside but the ledge led nowhere and he could see that what horton had stated was true it was sixty feet to the flagging of the court below and a drop meant death or injury to any one who dared attempt it nor was there any sign of a rope or ladder hmm we shall wait for daylight for that in the meanwhile he relapsed into silence gazing about the room with great care examining each object and coming at last to the body it has not been touched he questioned of the policeman no monsieur he walked around the corpse dictating quickly to the man with the notebook and then drew the knife from the wound it was a two-edged affair at least six inches in length a weapon evidently intended for just such a deadly business he was struck below the left arm and from behind piquette heard him dictate the direction of the weapon in the body indicating without the possibility of a doubt that the wound was not self-inflicted a case of murder he finished looking up at horton 
who had followed his motions with intense interest then he moved the body so that it lay flat upon the floor throwing a pocket light full upon the face starting back in amazement monsieur he gasped to horton and then threw the light suddenly into jim horton's face monsieur horton did you know it is my brother said jim quietly nom d'un chien i could swear it was yourself my twin brother monsieur repeated horton monsieur mathieu's eyes narrowed as he gazed at jim the case becomes more interesting hmm. you will now tell me please what happened when you went out of the studio into the hallway horton nodded we thought of going away and returning when madame horton my sister-in-law should return the wife of the murdered man broke in the commissaire yes monsieur said jim as we were about to go down to the court below we heard the footsteps of someone coming up but it was not madame horton we knew that by the sounds it was a man's step so we withdrew into the little hall room and watched the facts are curious monsieur horton put in the commissaire with sudden interest why did you wish to conceal yourself from the other visitors of madame horton the question was pertinent and there could be no evading a reply so jem told briefly of quinlevin moira and harry and his unfriendly relationship with his brother as he did so he heard the gasps and whisperings among the listeners which gave him an unpleasant realization of their conception of the affair and the testimony of piquette who grew angry at the sounds from the auditors did nothing to improve his situation i see monsieur said monsieur mathieu sagely it is wise that you see fit to tell us the truth now since it must all come out later there was bad blood between you and your brother and between you and monsieur quinlevin so that you feared a plot in the petit bleu which meant to do you violence not when i received the message monsieur i came here with madame morin in good faith to try and help madame horton to take her away from a situation in which she was most unhappy and your relations with your sister-in-law asked the commissaire horton flushed angrily but he realized that the man was within his rights as piquette cried excitedly madame horton was unhappy with her husband monsieur madame horton and i were the best of friends broke in jim quietly evidently said monsieur mathieu dryly the changed manner of monsieur mathieu his sudden air of intense interest in jim himself and the keen appraisal in his eyes did not augur well for the result of the investigation you will please go on with the rest of the story monsieur he added and then with a glance at piquette and you madame will be pleased to remain silent until i question you you say that you realized that the visitor coming up the stair was a man and that you and madame withdrew in the darkness into the little hall room and waited yes monsieur and you both saw the man come up the stairs to the studio door what happened then he turned the knob and entered had you recognized him as your brother at that time i hadn't i thought that my brother had joined his regiment ah a soldier and do you know why he is here in civilian's clothes i do not 
did madame morin recognize him yes but i didn't believe it was he even then monsieur mathieu smiled and shrugged and you didn't realize how much alike you were in your dark overcoats and soft hats no and after your brother went in at the studio door how long did you and madame wait in the hall room i don't know exactly a matter of four or five minutes when we heard sounds in the studio and the falling of a body and you rushed out to the studio door and went in asked the commissaire craftily the door was locked said jim i put my shoulder against it and broke it in ah you broke it in how long did that take perhaps half a minute and when you entered the room madame was with you yes just behind him broke in piquette eagerly monsieur mathieu glanced at piquette with a frown which silenced her and what did you see monsieur what you saw monsieur my brother lying there the chair upset but no sign of any one in the room it was very mystifying yes it must have been dryly miraculous in fact and then what did you do i examined the room thoroughly i was bewildered monsieur i couldn't understand any more than you can because the only door by which the murderer could have escaped i found to be locked as you found it monsieur most extraordinary and what is your theory as to the escape of the murderer i haven't any the more i think the more astounding it seems i couldn't believe unless i had seen all these things with my own eyes and you madame he asked at last in french turning to piquette what monsieur tells is the truth monsieur le commissaire i swear monsieur mathieu laughed come now what you two ask me to think is beyond belief i come to this room and find a man murdered by a dastardly blow dealt by a man of great muscular force here he ran a careless glance up and down jim horton's long figure the only door by which he could have escaped is locked exit by the window is impossible and you and madame guard the stairs until the crowd gathers do you think you will get me to believe that the murderer flew up the chimney i don't ask you to believe anything said jim trying to keep his nerve but i must believe the evidence of my observation there is no way in which the man could have passed you on the stair none said jim helplessly until i came up with the policeman no one went down that is true added piquette monsieur Orton was armed no one could have passed him here the commissaire was puzzled for what had seemed clearer a moment ago was lost in the frankness of this confession where are the other witnesses in the case he asked of the policeman here monsieur indicating one of the men he had detained this man was in the hall with the crowd these others too are willing to testify the secretary took the witness's name paul joubert his address and monsieur mathieu questioned him you have heard the testimony of monsieur horton yes monsieur it is true in every particular i and these others indicating the men beside him 
came up the stairs to the landing and entered the studio how many were there in the crowd eight ten a dozen he replied while the others confirmed him did you know them all ah no monsieur i live in the court at the rear some of them were strangers who ran in from the street there was no one in the upper hall no one and in the hall room one of the men who had rushed up examined the room and said it was empty i went in myself also and saw that this was so is the man who first went into the hall room here no monsieur le commissaire i do not recognize him the light from the doorway was dim and all right said mathieu no matter and then and the other door from the apartment to the hallway remained locked all the time he asked yes monsieur no one came out of there we tried it many times hmm. and you have no theory as to how anyone could have escaped from the room under the circumstances no monsieur it is nothing less than a miracle the other witnesses shook their heads in confirmation of the testimony that will do monsieur joubert and then turning to horton now monsieur horton what did you think when you found the body of your brother when you had positive proof that unless the murderer had jumped from the window to death he must at that moment have been in the room horton had courage but he couldn't deceive himself as to the intent of the question the cord was tightening he felt it in the looks of those around him in the frightened breathing of piquette and in the steady gaze of his questioner which he met with more and more difficulty but he managed to answer calmly think why i couldn't think monsieur i was bewildered dazed stupefied with astonishment and horror but you must give me credit for some intelligence protested the commissaire since the murderer couldn't have gone out of the door while you say you were breaking in he must have been in the room all the while there was no one in the room i searched it that is true almost screamed piquette in her excitement i was with him there was no one quietly madame said m mathieu reprovingly and then m orton when you searched the room what did you do what you would have done monsieur i rushed down the stair and gave the alarm watching the stair and waiting for the police i am as mystified as you if i could tell you any more i would do so monsieur mathieu tapped his eyeglasses thoughtfully and it was a long time before he spoke and then where is madame horton i don't know and monsieur quinlevin i don't know you have no means of helping me to find them if i had i would tell you a pause and then the commissaire cleared his throat in an important manner i have a feeling that you are keeping something back monsieur horton i warn you that you will not make things easy for yourself in making them difficult for me what do you mean monsieur asked jim sure that his position and piquette's had now grown desperate merely monsieur said the commissaire with a glance at the dead man that blows such as this are not struck by spiritual agencies 
that when there is a murdered man there must also be a murderer your testimony and that of madame morin agree but then i cannot neglect the possibility that you may have some object in agreeing you believe that i horton broke in in horror i believe nothing until it is definitely proved i admit that there are many phases of this case which seem favorable to a belief in your story but there are also some points which from your testimony seem to be uh, incredible we do not live in an age of miracles murders are not committed by spirits who vanish there was bad blood between you and your brother you yourself have admitted it madame morin had a suspicion when he came up the stair that the petit bleu you received was a trap intended for you which my brother fell into said horton in a last desperate effort to clear himself why monsieur you yourself can see how like we are the blow was intended for me you are fortunate monsieur said the commissaire with a shrug and you will have every chance to prove your innocence but i cannot take the grave responsibility of liberating you the case must go to the prefet and it will be heard in its entirety including the many details which have been suggested as to madame horton and monsieur quinlevin i am only sent here to investigate the case in its physical aspects and the result of the investigation is to place you and madame morin under arrest horton straightened and glanced around at the others in the room they had ceased to have personalities they looked like wax images staring at him in wonder in curiosity as though he were already condemned from them his glance found piquette her face was white and she was staring at the commissaire as though she could not believe the evidence of her ears why monsieur have we not told you he heard her begin when the officer silenced her you will have every opportunity to testify to-morrow madame she sent one glance at him the gamine in her terrified at the law as represented in the man before her and then bewildered rushed to jim and caught him by the hand courage mon ami she gasped you have only to speak the truth i'm not frightened he said but you piquette a prison it's nothing she said bravely but he saw that she was on the point of breaking and now broke in the commissaire who had watched this by-play with some interest i am sorry that we must be off come and giving some instructions as to the witnesses to one of the agents de police who had accompanied him and taking the revolver which horton silently offered him he led the way down the stair with piquette and horton following policemen at their elbows a great crowd had assembled in the street and courtyard below horton caught a glimpse of the white cap and whiter face of madame toupin at the door of her loge and then was hurried by a policeman into a carriage which was awaiting them he saw poor piquette put into another one and they drove off in the direction of the prefecture de police 
where he was shown without ceremony into a cell alone to await a further investigation upon the morrow he sank down upon the cot buried his head in his hands and tried to think quinlevin was at the bottom of this quinlevin tricot one of them had done this dastardly thing believing to save their skins and thinking that they were killing him but how had the murderer gotten away how how End of chapter twenty two